When you invite someone into your home for a dinner party or a backyard cookout, you're volunteering to take care of them for a little while. That's hospitality. Julia Child said it best. I think careful cooking is love, don't you? The loveliest thing you can cook for someone who's close to you is about as nice a valentine as you can give. Hyperlink is hyperlink. 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 Connection. So I'm here with two of my favorite people to have at a dinner party and have at a holiday meal. I'm here with my mom, Kathy Hollihan. Hello. And I'm here with my sister-in-law, Chrisanne Peters. Hello there. And both my mom and Chrisanne, they both uh, prefer to eat gluten-free because it is part of managing health and feeling feeling better about various health issues and that sort of thing. And so over the years, um, I have had the fun of finding new recipes to cook, especially for Thanksgiving when we all get together and that sort of thing. And so my question, my first question for you is, what has been your experience when you go either to a party or, mom, I know you go to a lot of conferences where there is a pre-planned meal, that sort of thing. And when you go to those events and you find that it is challenging to make yourself a meal out of what is available, what has been your experience with that? Well, generally, especially with a conference, I have a backup plan. I'll have backup food that I can put into a bag and take with me or leave in a trunk of a car so it's available uh, for me then. And for me, the issue is even more than the gluten-free would be dairy-free. And so um, I am looking for something that's cheese-free, yogurt-free, something that at least uh, if it's on the menu, I can resurrect by scraping off (laughs) um, the... the, um, elements that I cannot eat. Gotcha. How about for you, Chrisanne? Well, for me, I find a lot of it is planning ahead. You just kind of have to think, okay, chances are things are not going to be gluten-free. So I'll have to eat ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I'll have to have snacks with me that I can eat throughout. Um, There's usually something on the menu that's probably pretty safe, like a side salad. Um, But, you know, then you run the risk with croutons. I mean, it's amazing, you what know, the, the things that you have to be careful about. But sometimes you can do your homework ahead of time. You can see what the menu is going to be, see what the options are, and then, like, plan accordingly. And so before you go to a party, you might have to eat dinner before you're I, going to a dinner party. I generally eat before I go because <laughs> I just don't know what they're going to have. And, and if they try to do gluten-free sometimes... Even then, it may not be completely gluten free. So you just have to kind of be kind of be careful. And so, what does it mean to you if you know you're going somewhere where you know that the person you know your host has made an effort to accommodate your your needs? 
I find it, you know, it is refreshing. I like when people try to accommodate for that kind of thing. Depending on who it is, too, some people will really understand the limitations of gluten-free, and some just don't understand just how how much crossover can happen, you know. So even if they do their best at gluten-free, you know, maybe because it's the same kitchen, there may be some crossover. Or like salad dressings and salad gravies. Salad dressings, things that can sauces. be... Yep, sauces can be tricky. So in those occasions, too, if I know the person, I may bring a dish to pass because I can know for sure that that is gluten-free. Um, but I'll let them know ahead of time, too. I don't want to... You don't just you know, show up, show with, up a, with, food. with a hot dish. That could be rude, but... Um, you know, yeah, if it's somebody I don't know well, I'll just, again, plan ahead, yeah. maybe eat something before I go. Yeah. Um, you know, be polite, try a little of everything, but... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mom? Well, you appreciate a generous effort that a person will make to accommodate... Absolutely. Um, the, the food that that um, you can eat comfortably. And I think, like Chrisanne, you always try to make the best of... The food that you can eat and um, to sample that at least mm-hmm. and um, uh, enjoy what's there. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your experiences. I wanted to talk this question over with another really good friend of mine who is also a member of the Winning Edits team. Known Wells is a member of the Integrated Solutions team here at Winning Edits. Known, say hi. Hello. And Known also has some dietary restrictions that can make eating out and eating at parties and that sort of thing challenging. So Known, I wanted to ask you the same questions that um, I've posed a couple other people, which is to start, when you know you're going to go to an event like a conference or a party or some kind of function where food is going to be served, how do you prepare for that? Like, is that stressful or do you have to do a lot of advanced prep? Um, Another person I spoke to talked about always having to be sure to eat in advance just in case. How do you handle those events? Good question. Uh, It's definitely something that I, uh, you know, before obviously I had these issues with my tum tum, uh, (laughs) I didn't really have to think about, um, but so I guess how I handle it, I, I definitely try to eat before if, if it, you know, I think that's a good tip. I, um, as you know, Mindy, but the listeners may not know, I have a satchel I carry around with me usually or a fanny pack. Either um, one. <laughs> either one. Uh, and I always have, you know, some sort of snacks with me. So uh, for someone like myself who uh, can eat grain uh, and that's including rice and potato stuff, I have things like Lara bars, which are great for me, or uh, just like, you know, a, you know, a Ziploc bag of raw nuts. You know, I kind of always have that stuff on me just in case. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I think uh, as a sort of layered component to this, um, when I go to these events, I think like I'm still getting used to the sort of social interaction of like, oh, I can't eat this thing. And I, you know, that feeling where you're like feeling a little anxious about like everyone else is eating and you're not eating, you know, I've been in those scenarios and it's always, it always makes me feel like, oh, everyone's staring at me, (laughs) but that's just my neuroses. But yeah, I think snacks, 
is is a good is a good tip. Excellent. And I totally get what you mean when you're like you feel really self-conscious like everybody's looking at me because totally. I'm not doing the thing everybody else is doing. Um yeah, I I I totally empathize with that. What does it mean to you when you go to either an event or to someone's home for a party um and you know that there's been an effort made to accommodate your diet? Well, it it always warms my heart uh and even though, like, I know some things are coming, like, you know, you've done that for me, Mindy. Uh, and, like, it always surprises me nonetheless because the diet that I'm on is very restrictive. And I, I don't – I always feel a little guilty, you know. But it does warm my heart and it makes me feel like, oh, that person, like, really cares. And I, I try to do the same for – folks in my life who, you know, because again, like I don't want people to go through the same thing I've gone through where I'm feeling self-conscious, where I'm feeling everyone's staring at me. Like I'm feeling, oh, does the host think I'm being rude? Like those are, those are feelings uh, no one should, should have to go through and they can be easily squashed if, or easily, you know, remedied if, uh, you know, someone is, 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 you know, looking out for the people in your life. I love it. Thank you for sharing with me. Of course. Look at the size of these mushrooms. Man, look at that. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share the experiences of a few of my favorite people with you. And I hope that you find the Minnesota accents of me and my mom and my sister-in-law as amusing as my coworkers do. So by now I should have convinced you of why paying attention to your guest dietary needs matter. Let's dig into some tips. I've already talked about modular meals and how they work well for a dinner party, but let's take it back a step. Let's talk about the grocery store. When you go shopping for your parties, get in the habit of checking labels. On packaged food right next to the ingredient list, you're going to find the word contains. The label might read like contains wheat or contains dairy or contains dairy and soy. This section of the ingredient label is designed to help you quickly determine which allergens are in that item. And it can be really helpful. It won't tell you maybe all of the problematic things because say like onions aren't going to show up on that list. But it can be a quick way to check for those real severe allergens like peanuts. I found that items in the grocery store that are sort of most likely to contain allergens I didn't think of are sauces and salad dressings. So salad dressings often use wheat as a thickener or they can use soy for flavoring. So make sure you check the labels on any kind of sauces. And here's my next tip. For any pre-packaged item that I use when I'm preparing my party, I hang on to that packaging. If I put out a cheese and cracker tray, I keep the box of crackers back in the kitchen just in case my friend wants to check it or ask me if it contains like a specific ingredient I didn't think of. I call it trust but verify. And my friends know that they can ask to see any of the packaging that I use. And again, I'm never offended if somebody wants to take a look at that packaging. Because if I make a mistake, it's my friend that has to live with that discomfort. And I don't want to cause my friend's discomfort. Finally, let's talk about cross-contamination. This can be a tricky one to manage in a home kitchen. Cross-contamination happens when you accidentally mix an allergen into something that's supposed to be allergy-free. 
So let's use Thanksgiving dinner as our example. And I love stuffing. I So let's say I have laid out all of my bread cubes onto a sheet pan um, to dry out overnight. And in the morning, I dump all of those bread cubes into a bowl. I brush off the sheet pan and I set it aside. Later on in the afternoon as I'm preparing my dinner, I grab that sheet pan and it looks clean enough. I brushed off all the bread cubes and everything and I spread out a bunch of vegetables on that sheet pan. Those vegetables are now contaminated because I didn't wash that sheet pan in between and somebody with a severe wheat allergy, for example, could get sick off of those vegetables because there will be little bits of leftover bread remnants that maybe even I can't see, but they're still on that pan. The easiest way to screw this up is with spoons. You've got a whole bunch of pots sort of bubbling on your stovetop. You stir one item with a spoon. You kind of shake that spoon off in the dish, and then you stir another pot with that spoon. That second pot is now contaminated with whatever was in the first pot. If you have someone with a severe allergy, someone like my friend from college who can go into anaphylaxis, you need to be really careful. This type of cross-contamination could cause a medical emergency. So get a sense from your friend on how sterile the conditions need to be in order to keep them safe. If your friend has a really severe peanut allergy and they can react just from being in the same room with a bowl of peanuts, if you eat peanut butter regularly, your kitchen is probably not safe and you should not cook for your friend. For most people, they don't need that intense attention to to cleanliness, but for some people it can really, really matter. I am not an authority on this topic. You can go to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology to learn a lot more about this topic. Again, it's American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. It's A-A-A-A-I, four A's and an I. Just promise me that you'll always err on the side of caution. I hope you can start to view dinner parties and adapting your menus as I do, both as a fun way to get to know your friends better and a way to learn cool new recipes. In the article, you'll find my list of go-to websites for finding specific recipes within a variety of different diets, say diabetic diet, a paleo diet, a low FODMAP diet. You guys, I'm a big old carnivore. And now one of my favorite recipe websites is Thug Kitchen, which is a site filled with delicious vegan recipes and a ton of hilarious profanity. So dear listener, here's to your next dinner party. I wish for you a wonderful time with good food and great friends. And before we go, I'd like to close out this episode the way we've closed out every other episode this season of Hyperlink Radio, and that's with an Oxford comma example. We believe strongly in the use of the Oxford comma here at Winning Edits, and so I've asked fellow member of the Integrated Solutions team, Known Wells, to join me. Hey, Mindy Pants. Hey, Known. How you doing? I'm doing well. All right, here we go. I will read the version with the Oxford comma, and Known will read the version without the Oxford comma. Today's sentence comes from BusyTeacher.org. Among those who came to watch the show were the president's two daughters, Bill Clinton and George Bush. All right. And now it's my turn to read the sentence uh, without the Oxford comma. It goes like this. Among those who came to watch the show were the president's two daughters, Bill Clinton and George Bush. <laughs> Just picture 
George Bush and Bill Clinton in their little schoolgirl jumpers. Thanks, Known, and thanks for listening to this episode of Hyperlink Radio. Next week, we have the pleasure of speaking with one of our most long-standing clients, someone whose work we've been incredibly proud to be supporting, Pat Flynn, the mastermind behind SmartPassiveIncome.com. Pat sits down with our CEO, Matt Gartland, who's been working with Pat since the first edition of Let Go, a memoir about how Pat overcame adversity and pursued his own path. In the wake of the revised edition of the book, Pat reflects on his success with podcasting, SPI, and what he's learned in the last five years, and what's next for the SPI brand. Hear the full interview next week on Hyperlink. To find out more about Hyperlink Radio, visit hyperlinkradio.io, where you can find show notes, bonus content, links, as well as other episodes from Season 1. Stay connected to Hyperlink on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks again, and stay connected.